On this episode, we will discuss Michael Burry's Twitter fiasco, Coinbase is getting into NFTs, we'll touch on autonomous trucks, and a whole lot more. But we are underway, and I do mean underway. I wonder why fund managers can't beat the S&P 500, because they're sheep, and sheep get slaughtered. We have concluded the following. Because I know more than anybody. Cold winter has apparently not affected the orange Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 44 of Pounding the Table. We are back in the booth and we are ready to drop some absolute gems this week. We got a lot to talk about as always. And even at the end, we got a little bit of a mini monster. But Tony, before we get into it, let's run through stock twits, trending stocks of the week. Avi, I'm hyped for this episode. We're going to be connecting a lot of what we've been talking about the last couple episodes to what we've been talking about all last year with stocks and everything. So hyped for that. Biggest news I really see right off the bat is that Coin launched that NFT marketplace, and that was obviously trending all week. Coin had a ripper of a week as well. I've been very interested in Coin, so we're going to be doing a nice little deep dive here today about that. Love is having a lot of uh, flight cancellations due to staff shortages, and same thing is happening. My mom works for an airline. I've been hearing that as well. So um, hearing that kind of issue going on, I'm, I'm wondering how that's going to work out for you know, the holiday season coming up here shortly. Uh, we've got JPM bank earnings season inline earnings. So that was trending this week. Uh, space is delaying flight plans. That's always another thing that we have to like worry about with these like early on companies like space. You know, it's obviously something that's going to be taking place much more over the next five or 10 years. So it's harder to see those things really materialize unless you're a beast like Elon and you just send anything you want in this space these days. Um, and that's pretty much all I see right here, Avi. That's honestly a lot of good news that I've been just following this week. It helps a lot just to see what's trending because usually what's trending has the most volume and you can trade that really well. So uh, yeah, go check out stocktwits.com. Once again, a great community for investors and traders, crypto stocks, whatever uh, you're interested in, you can find it on there and you can see what's moving the most. And we had some hilarity happen in the investing world this week, right? Not even sure who this guy was, to be honest, like on CNBC, but there was this guy, I don't know if everyone saw that. He was talking about Upstart. And so the host had asked him simply like, what does the company do? And he out of nowhere, he goes, like, uh, I can't hear you. I can't understand. <laughs> like, it was, it was absolutely hilarious because he just literally had zero idea in terms of what they did. So I was like, he should have just done the, like the Cardi B. Like, if it's up, then it's up. And just like smiled and popped off the stage. But uh, other funny news, uh, Michael Burry, obviously from the big short, everyone knows him. He's deleted his Twitter again, right? So back in April, I think you guys remember, he deleted his Twitter. He was talking about this massive crash and that that was going to be looming and and of course, we went on a little run. Then he uh, he's getting out of his Tesla trade now. And then most recently, he's asking all of the Twitterverse, like, how can he short Bitcoin? And then that goes roaring to 60K. So he again deletes his Twitter. So I just found that hilarious. And I had a question about that, Tony. When I was reading into this, right, is it possible that Burry, he'd go long perhaps a few months before and then tweet that he's out of the trade so he can cover that quicker? Is that something yeah. they do? I mean, I think he was just riding the wave of interest rate spiking and growth crashing over the last like couple of months. Like, dude's a trader. He finds these inefficiencies and in arbitrage that he takes advantage of. He's like probably thinking that Tesla is extended, easy to fall, easy to short for him. So I'm, I'm sure he's out of the trade. I'm sure he made a lot of money on the trade. And then now he's ripping some other stuff. Like, don't, don't forget, he's like massively long Google calls was massively long like rates was short bond like the dude was his portfolio was crushing six ways to sunday so i think people are paying too much attention to 13 f's that come out like months after people actually do stuff 
Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah, I always uh, find it funny when someone goes on a manic little uh, episode and goes nuts and has to delete their Twitter. I'm sure I'll be there very shortly. I want to quickly give a shout out again to our sponsors over at American Giant. As always, we want to give you guys something when we do bring on these ad sponsors. So they're giving you guys 20% off of your first order. You just got to type in PTT at the checkout for the promo. It is an American-made company. I actually legitimately love this. It's my favorite sweatshirt I own. It's heavy, so you know it feels like that great quality you guys have. Check out American-Giant.com and just type in PTT at the checkout, and we will give you guys 20% off. All righty, Tony. Worlds are colliding, as you mentioned, with the Coinbase news, right? This is, of course, a stock that is in the crypto business. And now, don't get too excited. NFTs. So talk to us a little bit about the, the news you just mentioned uh, with the NFT, getting into that marketplace. And there's a few great tweets. Uh, I know Danny, I'll talk about a little bit about his thread on Coinbase talking about it more than just the NFT marketplace though. Yeah, 100% Avi. I know that people might think I've been a little off the rails lately, but I've just been diving so deep <laughs> into what Web3 and all these things are like, these are huge advancements that are going on right now. And I just want to make sure I'm aware of everything that's going on. I'm happy to bridge the two together because obviously stock podcast, but Coinbase does crypto, right? And they're doing a lot more than just letting you buy and sell coins now. So one thing, you know, I, I, I want to get meta for a second here and just say like, I'm sure everyone's watched Squid Game, like Squid Game is the most watched show ever on Netflix. And so thinking about that in like, like 10, 20 years ago, right? Like you used to have to either go to the movie theater and spend X amount of money, which is more than a Netflix subscription per movie, right? And then you used to have to either do that or get VHS tapes, which are like, I remember those being like 20 something dollars or whatever, right? And so like your monthly subscription with thousands and thousands of channels are available because of scale, right? So there's a lot of different things that I like, I saw this connection and just saying like, it's technological advancement and like, wow, now this this uh, show, it's not even in English, has subtitles in Korean is like the most famous show in the world because the entire world is able to use it. And so that's why I'm actually just in the first and foremost place, very bullish on crypto. Because I, and we'll talk about this later too, Avi, like I have issues with the US banking system. I ran into them this weekend. And so thinking about this new age that we have instant global access and audiences, right? Like this is all just gonna translate into this Web3 world. And Coinbase is the one thing that I think people mentally assume is saying like Coinbase is safe. Like they like Coinbase, they know it's backed by institutions. They have like that prime brokerage setup where, you know, big commercial clients can buy and sell crypto. So that's really where I'm starting out just thinking like I do love the, the thesis, right? The long-term vision of what they're doing. And like I've been trading Coinbase up and down for a while, but the big news that made me realize like this is a no-brainer for me in just terms of where it's going long-term is that the Bitcoin ETF is getting launched um, literally like I think what tomorrow, Avi. So that's going to be- it just be, got approved, right? That was the, yeah, the it, yeah, sorry. It just got approved. Like, So thinking about how much money will flow into Bitcoin as a result of that, right? Like that's not going to be fake money, right? That's NASDAQ signature, like signed. There's a check mark at the bottom of that with a signature and saying like Bitcoin is a real asset and it's here to stay. And so as we know, once the society and the world and the institutions believe in something, and it is real. It is real. Like, right. There's no reason why your Louis bag 6K. There's no reason why your Chanel bag is like for whatever it is. That is how that works. And the world is now saying like the SEC is saying NASDAQ is saying this Bitcoin is real. And so if that's mm -hmm. real, then everything else underneath it can be real. And so that's where I guess we just need to start with like, do you believe in blockchain? 
And the fact that now it's signed on by the people who were worried about making it get ruined, right? Like mm -hmm. you were worried about like the NASDAQ and the SEC and all these people not letting Bitcoin actually happen. But now they're saying, well, institutions can get in on this ETF. It's real money will flow. Yeah. Now let's let's bring up Danny's just to, for those who are unfamiliar, I guess, with coin or just want to learn a little bit more. I'm just pulling Danny at Backpacker Fi on Twitter. So checking out some of these tweets here. There'll be 220 million digital wallets in the U.S. by 2024. So you're talking about scale right there is uh, 220 million people. That is no longer kind of this like little niche market or these. It's people not talking, six kids. You know, right? in the it's back not six of, kids in, in a basement. Yeah, exactly. So this is, you know, this is now becoming real. They've partnered with PayPal, with Apple, with Google to launch those digital wallets, you know, within the phone app as well. As you mentioned, they have a lot of institutional production expansion. And Tony, obviously, he'll get into a lot more of this here. But like he was talking about some of the growth opportunities, which is always exciting. They're going to be launching like mobile payments, digital wallet adoption, as I just mentioned, DeFi maturity, right? You go on Twitter and everyone's starting to talk more and more about DeFi, international expansion, and branching probably more into traditional finance, right? They're already branching into NFTs. You mentioned some crazy stat. Uh, I think it was like 1.7 million people are on the waiting list. To There's a lot of like highlights here that I'm seeing that are really exciting, but I feel like, you know, we probably need to take a step back to, to dig in a little bit more of like, what is Coinbase? Why are people caring about them? You know, it's really interesting. As I mentioned, it's a stock that is focused on crypto and now producing new legs too. So I, I know that a lot of people have like skepticisms about crypto, but obviously that ETF's a big difference. Coinbase is probably the most uh, like, it, you know, with like these air quotes, corporate crypto company in the world, right? Because like you have that security with them, you know that they're listed on public exchanges, like real monies and their real backers are in there. And so that already for me just like gives me the strength in knowing that I'm not buying finance, you know, um, it's mm. Coinbase. So like it, it, people say they're like, yeah, I have Coinbase. Even people who are not deep in NFTs or anything in the world own Coinbase. And it's because they believe that it's like a strong and secure thing. I just want to like throw that on the first thing. It's like you don't necessarily need to believe that crypto will go up always right? To be a believer in Coinbase, you just have to say that the ecosystem will exist and, and continue to grow and, and form. And so- And they're making revenue off, off of volume though, right? So right. they don't necessarily it's, care. Yeah. I know they have a big holding of crypto, so mm -hmm. they want crypto to go higher, but the revenue, how they're making money- Right. It's transactional, transactions. right? Yeah. And there's a lot of like cool details I want to get into there, but just going off the first thing, the, the bull thesis is, do you believe in blockchain? And do you believe that the guy with the moat, the first one, the biggest liquidity, which is Coinbase- will always be in a good position. And I believe so, right? I think that they got to a great spot and now it's like, you know, it's always be first, be smartest or cheat. And they were the first and the smartest and leading this. I mean, okay, SBF is a monster, but like at least tied. So what they are is they're not a brokerage. It's not an exchange. It's like not a bank. And I want to give a shout out to at data commandment. Like I just saw this amazing thread on Coinbase. The guy like echoed every thought I had. So I wanted to use some of those great points just eloquently said. Um, he says, so it's not just a brokerage. It's not just an exchange or a bank, right? It's going to be more of just a crypto platform that is just easier for like the mainstream adopted user to start using. So it's it's all that in a bag of chips, as he says, which is very funny. Coinbase is a massive crypto asset liquidity pool, and that's attached to an exchange. So they're building a, a user interface to the most innovative system of DeFi services that ever were created, right? Like they are the biggest platform right now for you can do staking, which is when you like loan your coin on exchange and you get like paid interest off of that. You can buy and sell coins 
And there's just so much more things that are going to be happening down the road. Like a lot of active traders use Coinbase Pro. And then I know a lot of people are like worried about the fees, right? Because fees are how they make money and the fees are high. But once again, like going back to Squid Game, Netflix makes a ton of money and they have thousands and thousands and thousands of movies because of its economies to scale, right? You get bigger, you get better. You don't need to charge as much. You can offer more and you can get more people to use your platform. That's how companies grow. And so knowing that like fees are a big issue with Coinbase, like I don't, I mean, I think the fees are a lot, but then you're also paying for that like mental safety, right? That's security. security. Yeah, right? It's a US yeah, company. Yeah. You feel like if something does go wrong, there's right. someone accountable there and right. reach out to, I think. Well, <laughs> I've heard, I mean, yeah, I've heard so, horrible customer service back in the day. So I don't know if that's it, it is. It, I, I honestly don't love the customer service. Like I have an issue with like my buys are disabled on one of my accounts. So I'm like unable to do something. There's no reason because I've been using it for years. So I still haven't been able to really talk to somebody. However, you really can't figure it out on any other exchange for sure, by the way. Like it's really, really hard to like get stuff done because it's just the interface. Like it's just the platform that you can do stuff with, right? Like I'll give you an example. I was just trying to do some like like high level staking on another chain. I was literally going from Ethereum to another chain trying to do stuff. And I sent money from Coinbase to a wallet, sent it to the wrong wallet accidentally, and my money just got burned. And like that happens, but that's a user mm. error, right? So Coinbase is not liable for those kind of things because they just give you the tools, right? They set you up with all these coins. All these coins have a wallet. You can have a vault on there, which is just like added layers of security for your crypto, which is very cool. And like not as many places offer that. But the point is, it's all about the human error. And that's really the biggest mistake you can make because they're just letting you use blockchain, right? If you mess up on blockchain, you mess up on blockchain. You mess up on blockchain, not Coinbase. And they can't help you and fix it which is why, you know, people like banks. People love banks because like I send the wrong wire, it gets sent back to me because money is in two places at once, right? Like that's how it works. Yeah. Instead of in crypto, money is in one place at once. I send it somewhere, it's there. I send Not my necessarily check. though. I just sent a big check overseas. And if you send a check and you have the wrong address, that does disappear as well, to be honest. I did not know that. Domestically, you're fine. But if you actually send something overseas, at least with Chase Bank, the money's gone. So they, they had me double check. Thank God I did because it was something incorrect. Right. But and that's so once that, again, it's, it's yeah. human error. But most of the time, like if somebody takes your credit card and they spend it, right, you can get your money back. You have that like fraud protection right, or whatever. Right. Of course. Right. And then like, and like, you know, if you send a wire to me, like in the US, whatever, like I, I know international stuff, that's probably like, you know, added layers of complexity. But like if you send something to me, it could not hit my bank and it could be wrong and then get sent back to you or, also like thinking about your savings account and your like checking account, what are you making percent wise and why are you getting charged right. fees on your cash? So there's like differences here instead of like getting charged fees on your cash or making money on your cash. So I like to once again, compare back to like why Squid Game is so popular because besides the fact that people love gamification, which is the game, this is the gamification decentralization of money and finance. And so like you see the huge massive adoption for something that people don't even understand in English, right? And people don't get this in English. This is code. This is like difference than that. So just like it just struck such a big similarity in terms of popularity and knowing that there's two million of those NFT wallets on Coinbase, when OpenSea only has like 400,000 wallets, there's two million people just waiting to get in. And they have the security of Coinbase to know that they can start buying stuff and not get screwed or rugged on like a different site that's bad for them. And so knowing all of that and knowing that they have that like pedigree, that you have the moat, which is liquidity and the backing mm -hmm. and you have the pedigree, you can just make crypto mainstream. Got a quick question on that. So just understand this NFT marketplace. So 
guys, I, I, I'm still not fully in NFT. So for those folks out there that are stock guys, I got you back right now. But I am starting to get a little bit more interested now that the Coinbase, right? Because, you know, OpenSea is brand new. Again, that, you know, confidence level that you have in it. Is this like a separate mall then essentially, right? Like OpenSea has their mm-hmm. NFTs. And then like, if I go to, if I go to Coinbase, they're, I'm not going to be able to see the same NFTs that are on the OpenSea mall, like, right? Does NFT have their own essential? Uh, uh, their own like NFTs, it, it depends, but like, you should be able to see, like people can list stuff on OpenSea. Things are listed in different exchanges. Like so on Solana, there's like four different NFT marketplaces and some listings are here. Some listings are here. Some listings are here. It's just whatever people use, but knowing that there's already 2 million wallets trying to use NFTs, like that's mm. huge. That's that's five times all the wallets that exist just because Coinbase said it's okay, we're doing it. So now yeah, we're backing it. It's all about which place gets the most volume, right? And Coinbase has the most wallets out of anything in the world. So just knowing that, like that's for me why I'm like bullish on this space. I'm not even going to talk about NFTs anymore. We're, we're done. Let's go to the next thing. But <laughs> the point stocks, is like, baby. <laughs> yeah, but the point, I mean, Coinbase is a stock that's doing all these cool things that I'm excited about. So it's a perfect thing to talk about. And I think that just the fact that we're getting this economies of scale, like you will start seeing all these different projects take off and you'll be getting more and more volume in crypto. And so while the fees are starting to now go down because of these economies of scales, I don't think Coinbase is going to be like losing more money. I think the revenue and the profit estimates are actually way down because when you just consider how much revenue and volume OpenSea is doing, like they had like 2.2 billion in the first three or four weeks of, uh, I think like August or September. I haven't even been checking because it's just been a little lower, but it's still so high in terms of the entire year. They had an insane run rate. And so knowing that Coinbase is five times, I think that's going to add a lot to their multiple at the end of the year and seeing their revenues line up for the next three, four, five quarters. Once they start facilitating and getting people more and more comfortable with all the new products that they're offering, which are the things that I'm literally talking about on Twitter, like the DeFi products, the staking, the pooling, all this stuff, like Coinbase is going to continue to do that more and more. And you're seeing that with the adoption of NFTs, like they have this staking thing right now. And basically the difference between the blockchain world and the old is that the instruments are primarily equity-based instead of date of debt, right? So mm-hmm. that's what I was saying. When I send you money, it's a debit, right? Like it's from one to another and it takes time to get that over. And it has like a debt account. Like it says, takes away X amount from my account, goes to the other account, but it takes time to do that. Instead here, like it's instantaneous, almost instantaneous transfer, but you're sending equity for equity. Right. Like you can also, you know, you can do leverage and stuff on crypto, but that's not the point. Like the actual core asset is an equity asset. Johnny, before we uh, kick it over to another mini monster, I wanted to quickly ask you a question. So in terms of like their involvement within crypto and for their assets, right? Are they actually owners of Bitcoin or Ethereum themselves? I'd imagine, right? Yeah, they own. So they, in this, I, I've been tweeting at Brian Armstrong. I just wanted him to reply to me, but they started- yeah, come on. They started doing that. They, they've they been adding like more and more crypto to their balance sheet, which obviously like, you know, I think like that's risk, but like, is it risk when that's like what they're doing and like whether coin, whether crypto goes up or down, like they're going to get that transactional volume. And like when coin goes down, more people are buying it on the dip. And so like mm-hmm. when you think about it like that, they are making a lot of money from that. And so like another cool thing, Avi, that they have and like I'm very excited about is this coin ventures. And so like you think about like why we like SC, like one of the cool things they add is that VC leg, right? And like Tencent, like all these great companies have done this. Like even Tesla is like just throwing money in different places. They own Bitcoin as well. But when you think about like all the new projects that are going to be coming up in the crypto space, just in general, I'm not talking about NFTs. I'm talking about like 
the new protocols, the new DeFi, decentralized finance, like all these things that are going to be coming up. It's basically like the new squares, the new AWSs, the new nets are happening. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about like JPEG projects. I'm talking about like actual financial services projects, right? Like you have so many coins that are worth over 10 billion and they're being used for various number of reasons. And corporations use these coins, right? Like Visa, MasterCard use Ethereum. Like, this is how this is going to be working in the future. So knowing that Coinbase is going to have a big hand in helping those new projects get created and get funded and stuff is very bullish because you could have like a situation where it's like the Instagram to Facebook or the WhatsApp to like, it, it could be one of those things that right. they create buy or help make or whatever that will be like half their business, right? Like Instagram is massive. WhatsApp is huge for Facebook. It's not just Facebook anymore. Now it's a juggernaut. And that's right. they have what like I'm the expecting. Docu the DocuSign or something for Ethereum for the smart contracts, they could own some product right. essentially. That does exactly. That. There, there's so many things that exactly, Avi, there's so many things that exist today on the stock market that we know, like you've got HubSpot, you've got, you know, like a firm, you have a billion different things that are like, people are like, wow, these are amazing, incredible companies that are crushing. And it's like, all those things will start getting built on Web3 and then DeFi. And mm -hmm. that is going to be a big piece of their revenue in the future, in my opinion, but it's so early as well. And one more thing that I think is just so, so huge to talk about here is that people are worried about inflation for a lot of companies. And I get that. And knowing that crypto is obviously, first of all, a good hedge against inflation recently, like not gold, that is also what I'm bullish about because I do think that we'll have these kerfuffles with inflation for the next little <laughs> while. And knowing that these like transactional businesses like Coinbase is, are very resistant to fiat deflation. Like I'm not as bearish and worried about that, which is something that a lot of growth investors have to worry about. So it could also be like construed as a potential hedge against your entire other growth portfolio in that regard. Because I think knowing how it plays out in your overall stock portfolio is more important than like how cool it is as a company. So I do like the company of itself, but it also would work well in like a portfolio allocation strategy. We are rounding the bases here with Coinbase, but what's going on with their revenues? Talk to us a little bit quickly about their fundamentals. Yeah, Avi, just to preface the fundamentals, like I was reading this as well, that they're going to be having, they expect to have in like about five years time, less than half of their revenue to come from those transactions. So it is going to be growing wow. out and broadening out. You think about like how a lot of these other companies started like Amazon, right? Like they did not start with AWS. And so eventually those things will be taking off and then it'll make up a bigger part of their revenue. But even just as now, obviously crypto has been doing very well. And even if it doesn't do well, you'll get a lot of that transaction volume. So in the full year of 2021, they're expected to do 7 billion rev. And next year they're going to be doing 6.2 billion. And the year after they're going to be doing 6.9 billion. However, when you see that their EBITDAs are, there's also this year was a massive boom for crypto, right? And I also think that's very hard for analysts to actually predict what they're going to be doing. Like already knowing that they're predicting like their EBITDAs to start going down in terms of like their full on EBITDAs going from 3.42 billion to 2.6 down to 2.78 in 2023. I don't think that's actually accurate. I mean, you also realize like how early the space is and how misunderstood it is by a lot of people who trade stocks and who are investing in stocks. I don't think that's how the, the, the cookie is going to crumble. But regardless, their EPS is going to be good for the next three years. It's going to be 12.7% EPS this year, next year, 7.1, and the year after, 7.85. So I think that analysts are assuming that because this year was like the big run of crypto, but we're so early and they don't, mm. they don't know that. Like we're going to make it kind of situation is just starting. 
People are just understanding that, hey, like I can build out these new things in crypto. Hey, I can take my money that I've been making in crypto and start actually using it for stuff. And I hate that I can't send wires on the weekends, right? But I can send you money and cash out anytime on Coinbase. So that's already another thing. Like I had such an issue literally paying like a check the other day and I had to get it in by a certain time. It was awful. And I could not do anything because I was having trouble with the banking system. But then I was like, I could pay this in crypto in 40 seconds. So knowing that also it's going to be solving big problems that a lot of people face. And it's like, that hasn't been revolutionized in years. Why can't you send wires on the weekend? Why? I don't understand. Why can you take interest on my money 24 seven? Like my credit card is charging me 24 seven APY. My, like if my mortgage is 25, seven APY, like that's going on all the time. It's charging me all the time. So I think that we're going to be seeing so much more adoption that these numbers are joke. Like when you really think OpenSea just got funded for so much money, I'm sure the valuation of OpenSea is like five to 10 billion now. And Coinbase has five times that. And Coinbase is not even close to like a hundred billion market cap. What do you think? Like the math is just there to think like OpenSea makes 2.5% on every transaction for an NFT. Coinbase is about to have five times that 2.5% of what OpenSea makes. And they're making like, they're doing billions in run rate a month. It's just like, to me, it's, it's the first stage, like the first inning. Math. Math. It's math. It's literally math. numbers don't lie. It's math. You can do a comps analysis, but I think that these analysts should stick to other stocks. <laughs> Speaking of other stocks, let's get into our mini monster. So we just actually spoke with the CEO of Embark Trucking. Ticker symbol is NGAB. So they are an autonomous vehicle company that builds the software for carriers to enable their fleets to become autonomous. So I was very clear there because they're not actually building the trucks themselves, which keeps them very asset light, which is actually why I really like them. They're founded by this 25-year-old rock star CEO. I said the next Elon Musk, Alex Rodriguez, who we just interviewed, as I mentioned. So 1,000%, you got to check that out. It is fascinating what we're talking about. This kid won the world robotics competition at age 11. He said he was uh, in, in Atlanta, in the stadium with like 40,000 people, he's walking out like a rock star. He was also named to the Forbes 30 under 30. He's going to be speaking there this week. And let's talk a little bit about this company, right? So this is a company that is not currently making tons of revenue. Obviously, trucks are not going to be on the road actually until 2024. They're going to start off first with the Sun Belt of America and then the entire U.S. by 2026. They do have 14,000 truck reservations already. And the company is an absolute beast in the making, right? So it is a SPAC and everyone's like, oh, it's a SPAC. So it perhaps <laughs> could come down like we've seen with other SPACs, right? But you look at their estimates for 2024, $867 million. 2025, $2.7 billion. 2026, that TAM increases by 3X with that phase two I was talking about to the entire U.S., could be about $8.1 billion in revenue possible in 2026 with gross margins of 67 to 69% with the long-term target of 74%. Their market cap is only 5 billion. That's insane. Like looking at these numbers and just talking with the CEO, it's so cool because this affects it's transportation, right? This is not just like a one-off little software company that's helping marketers figure out what they're doing, you know, on their e-commerce site. This is completely transformational to the entirety of, of America and eventually the world, right? If you could take a truck that took three days and these truck drivers have to sleep, right? So they have to sleep on the road for, I think they can drive 11 or 10 hours at a time and they have to sleep. These trucks legally do not have to sleep, obviously. And so they can continue to go, which makes America and the world eventually just move way faster with commerce. 
And this is just going to be absolutely incredible. If you think about the total mileage that they have right now, new highways will be built, of course. And so that adds some more miles even for them to grow even beyond that. They do have 400 million in the trust, 200 million in the pipe. So about 12% of the companies in that transaction. Then they have an all-star roster, right? Their advisory board, they got the COO of Cummins, COO of Night Transportation. For those of you who don't know the trucking industry, absolute massive organization, former CIO of Navistar, former regional vice president of FedEx. And then the biggest one for me was Elaine Chow, who is the U.S. Secretary of Transportation from 2017 to 2021 and was the Secretary of Labor from 2001 until 2009. So got to ask you this question. I do like that it's software. It's like not another like EV startup situation. Like this is more of a picks and shovels for the This EV is not thing. a Nikola. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, I, and I am bullish on picks and shovels for the EV space. But I do wonder, and I know that you spoke so highly of this guy and I heard about him on the interview as well. The guy looks like a rock star and I need to dig in myself more on the company. But what I'm talking about and what I want to know the most is, are they making any money right now? Because obviously 2024, 2025 estimates like a long way away. And, you know, and, and it, that obviously will like deter me from putting more money in because, sure. you know, you need costs of time and like, you know, 2023 might be a better entry for me and stuff. So what are they doing now? And like, will they be doubling, tripling that next year? Or is it just like promises? Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think that's a great question. Right. And so right now, that's why they went through the SPAC. When we talked with the CEO, I thought that was a really interesting and a great explanation of why they went through a SPAC versus a traditional IPO for this very reason, right? Because they're not going to be making the bulk of their money for a few years. So, and I want to be very clear about that, right? I don't think this is necessarily need to go out there and buy this tomorrow type of a thing. But I think over time, you don't want to be late on it, right? Like I think this, the, the optionality that they can go into even beyond trucking eventually, you know, this guy came from robotics, right? So me and Riley were talking about that's obviously that next phase. They're probably going to get into robotics for that endpoint when they're actually taking the stuff off of the trucks, right? So going back to your point, are they making money today? You know, in short, probably no, or they're making like pennies, I guess, but they have that bulk of that pipe, right, to sustain them through those years. And then they do have, you know, some money that will continue to grow. They have 14,200 truck reservations to date right now. So that's about like uh, $7 million, I think, in revenue from that. So it's, you know, enough to kind of keep it going. And as they get more reservations, that will help to keep them afloat. But they are like partnering with some of the biggest names NVIDIA for their universal interface, Rider for their transfer points. HP, BYD, Luminar, AB InBev, uh, and some of the biggest carriers as well. So Werner, Knight Swift, Mill Valley, they have like very few competitors in terms of what they're doing. And I think the biggest differentiation, so they have two simple as a company, and then there's Aurora, right? But these companies are not only lagging in, in terms of their team and, and the technology. I know these guys were the first ones on the road, right? So not only is a bark ahead of them from that angle, their technology is superior to these other companies. So too simple in Aurora, they actually have to like download the maps to see where the highways are. So there could be an, a situation where the highways have changed or whatnot with Embark, they actually are able to then see in real time where the highway is going. And so they're able to do that from a technology standpoint. They're also working with four of the major OEMs, right? And those are the main four that exist where the other ones are only working with two or three of them. So they don't, they're not as universal there. And then I think the biggest thing that not really many people are probably thinking about, but if you have a ton of these autonomous vehicles on the road, that is scary from a security standpoint. And these other companies have ties in China. So when these trucks actually are getting on the road, I don't know if it's necessarily a glaring issue today, but I can only imagine this is going to be huge when companies start to think about who they want to work with. If 100%. there's a possibility that China is stealing the data or they, they potentially could you know drive a truck off the road or stop it in the middle of the highway, 
who knows? I think they want to stick with an American company. This is way bigger than just some cool little software company mm -hmm. that's helping, you know, again, marketers help with their e-commerce store. This is going to be transformational to the entire economy, essentially. So I'm really yeah, excited about that. I see. I see the point there, Avi. One thing I'm definitely thinking about is like a Tesla's. I think has the best FSD right now, like the full self-driving. So I don't know if they're going to be licensing that tech to others, but that is what keeps them apart. So maybe not. Maybe they're going to be all these picks. There probably will be multiple picks and shovels. The market's going to have to grow, and so it's so early as well. And so I, I just was thinking of like the company STEM for like renewable energy. So mm -hmm. this kind of reminds me of like the STEM for like EVs in terms of like the FSD, like the full self-driving, whereas like STEM is the picks and shovels for renewable energy. And so it's all about like the technology and the data. And that's a good thing. My only thing is if Tesla's just going to come and be like, I'm the guy, we have the best FSD, you'll just license it to everyone and I'll charge you a hundred bucks a month kind of, you know, who knows? So that's like something I'm always like worried about just because Tesla's like, I, I can never doubt Elon, right? He, he sure. gives you 200 megabits per second in Starlink. He just revolutionizes entire spaces. But I do think once again, like, you know, he uses STEM, STEM works with Tesla. So like knowing that like it's sometimes it's better to work with somebody for some things than to just do it yourself. Like we'll see. Yeah. Well, I'd say to that, there's going to be multiple winners, right? This is, this is a no brainer that this is going to happen, right? It's similar to like ISRG where my thesis there and, and IHI, which is the ETF for robotic surgery. Like that's a no brainer. Eventually they're going to be able to get more precise, you know, doctors mm -hmm. in New York can go help someone in Africa now. And now this is like, what's really cool is like the biggest bear case here is the drivers, right? There's unions, people get upset. You know, they have their jobs that are potentially going to be going away. So one, this is not going to be happening for a while. Two, how many people your age, you know, are actually trucked? If you look at the data, like most of these guys are in their forties at the youngest and, and they'll be retiring in the next 10, 15, 20 years. Right. But one thing that the drivers are actually saying when I asked them, because this, this was a big concern for me, is like, all right, these guys are going to be picketing and being upset that they, they don't have their jobs anymore. But the reality is they're going to love it in the sense that they can now do a lot more local runs. So the biggest thing, and I got to bring this up, because this is really what they do. They're doing the long hauls, right? So if you're driving, uh, doing a truckload, let's say, of Pepsi products from LA to New York, right? In LA, there may be a local warehouse, right, that brings it from a localization. They have to bring it to this endpoint. And then Embark can take that long haul, the majority, like 90% of the miles, let's say, and then they would drop it off. And then someone local will then start to pick that up as well. So what oh, happens yeah. then effectively is those drivers are going to now have more time with their, you know, I was joking with him about like working for home from home for drivers, because now they're going to be able to live and do these 150, 200 mile runs instead of these long hauls across the country. They're going to be able to be spending more time with their families and enjoy their lives, right? Rather than taking these long cross country trips. So I'm super excited about this more than just their revenues. I think this is going to be like absolutely transformational to society. So I'm, I'm pumped. I just got you to pound it, didn't I? <laughs> no, I, I agree with you. You weren't I, ready I for that. <laughs> I, I don't disagree with you. And like, I was like skeptical about the market cap, just thinking like, oh, 5 billion and they don't have too much revenue now. But like you, you can value software like much higher. Like people are buying net at 70 times sales. So thinking about that. I mean, I probably will wait to see how it plays out, but I definitely will be keeping it on my radar. But I think that this space is just getting started too. Like one, once again, oh, like sure. coin, coin, we have Coinbase, we have OpenSea, we have like 50 other marketplaces. The world will always have multiple producers and consumers. <laughs> Got to bring it back to NFT somehow, right? Um, so let's jump into the, the earnings week. So Big earnings week again here, starting off on Tuesday with some names to watch. Pre-market, you got Johnson & Johnson, 
Procter and Gamble, and then Silvergate Capital. So SI, that's one we've been talking about quite a bit. Very exciting there to see what mm-hmm. happens. After the bell, we got Netflix. You just talked about Squid Games. Uh, me and my wife are huge fans of that. We play red light, green light uh, with each other uh, occasionally as well. So uh, United <laughs> Airlines and ISRG are also after the bell there on Tuesday. Wednesday, we got Verizon and Abbott Lab before the bell. And then after the bell, we got IBM and Tesla, which I'm sure you're very excited about. Anything that yeah. you're a Tesla fanatic. So what are we, what are we watching there? Yeah, I want to touch on ISRG really quick. Uh, I think that because it's one of my favorite companies, low key, high key. I've been in it for like years and trading around it. But I do think that because the economy is like we're back to normal ish, like I I say that with the biggest air quotes. Um, But I do think that like elective surgeries have clearly gone up because they went down so much during the pandemic. Right. And there Uh is probably like a backload of a ton of these elective surgeries that need to get done that people are going to be getting done now more and more as people got vaccinated and people going back out into the world and such. So I would be not surprised to see a big beat on ISRG. Um, yeah. Looking at Tesla, of course, Avi, like I think that dude, they crushed it this year. Right. So many other car companies got fricked and they just crushed it. I mean, they just like put out 241,000 deliveries in the last quarter. Elon's dropping robots. He's got 200 megabits per second on Starlink. I just got a confirmation for my Tesla roof. Like things are happening. That's it. Yeah. Just like, don't get left behind. Do I think that they're going to blow out earnings and estimates? Yes. Elon has 1.5 billion in Bitcoin on the balance sheet. Uh, he already beat estimates with just the Bitcoin. So yeah, Tesla's going to crush it, I think as well. Um, once again, I don't think it's going to move too much. Like maybe it does. Maybe it, it just starts running over a thousand. It's probably the likely scenario, but yeah. I think that it's one of those things that are going to like, it's going to take a little time, but once pe- people have to know by now, you have to know by now that Tesla is the leader in car space. Everyone's trying to chase after and be Tesla, but they can't catch because they don't have the horsepower so that's how this is working right now and you're not going to see that change bear case uh what about like guidance do you think i mean it's taking a little longer for their cyber truck to come out a few other you know things that they're working on too yeah but is that concern no they're they're like backed up they just had to do a giga berlin giga austin dude they're making fat giga shanghai they're making factories all over the world because people want the cars if your biggest problem is getting it to the people because you can't make enough so fast and you're literally scaling factories like it's water i mean like i it doesn't matter like if you are mm-hmm. about it you're about it tesla like you're you're seeing that they're going to be they will do 10 million cars a year there's going to be a year in the next decade they'll do 10 million cars there's no there's no doubt they have the best tech is the best cars it's that's just how it is. And like Elon is not it's not a car company, by the way. This is just the cool part this is why people like it, because they make money from cars. It's not a car company for the 80th time. They do everything else. It's just going to be everywhere. The, I can't believe it's 200 megabits per second for Starlink in some places. It's absurd. I get like 50. Like it's like it, and this is from space from space. Well, is Starlink part of Tesla. It's SpaceX. Elon. Elon. Right. It's just Elon, dude. He can't Tesla, buy the ticker symbol Elon. <laughs> Although that'd be dumb. Tesla, that's what I bought Tesla for. But I, I just wanted to be a fanboy right now because like everything is happening. <laughs> everything that I've ever dreamed for Tesla to happen is happening and like more. And it's just like getting started. Like you're going to have all these houses have solar roofs. Like why not? Don't you want to get off grid? Tesla's just decentralizing energy. That's all it is. And that's why they have problems in so many states. People don't like decentralizing finance. They don't like decentralizing like electricity. Why? Because there's millions and billions of dollars at stake for lobbies and everyone in those big corporations have been around for hundreds of years. It's a disruption. You have to get with it. That is interesting. And Tesla is definitely like the, the cars are just their like side hustle for sure. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, Thursday, we have AT&T, Southwest Airlines, American Airlines. We touched on earlier. There could be some drops there potentially with all of the people picketing. So let's see what happens there with these quote unquote sick days that are impacting some of those numbers potentially. We also have after the bell, we got Intel, Chipotle and Snapchat. So we'll see what happens there. Snapchat's an interesting one for me. I actually got a few calls here for December. Friday, we have Amex and Honeywell. And that wraps up here the week ahead. Make sure to check out that interview we did uh, with the CEO of Embark, Alex Rodriguez Trucking. That's actually live now on our podcast. We'll try to get the YouTube version up later today or tomorrow. But Tony, as always, you have anything to leave the pounders to ponder? Always, Avi. I always do. I mean, I I think that we have to make sure to always watch rates. Like, I think rates are just like getting swept under the rug again. Like, people aren't watching the actual macro environment. Like I know that we talked macro for so long and people want us to talk like individual stocks, but like I need to talk macro for a second because you do need to watch your interest rates. Like you need to make sure that this inflation isn't spiraling out of control like it's already been. And so like the higher crypto goes, the more inflation is definitely going up too. And the higher your CPI and your PPI go, the higher your inflation is going. And rates just rocketed like 40 cents and they're still at like high levels. Like we got a nice snap back when rates dropped 0.1 for like a day. But make sure to just watch your rates. Like if things are burning, if rates go over 1.75, like to 2%, like you'll see more growth get crushed. It's just the way it's going to be. So make sure to always keep your eyes on rates. And once again, I just want to pound it for the pounders. So many cool things are happening in technology. So many cool things are happening all over the world. And we're literally in the thicket of it. We're like in that 1999. (laughs) Exactly. We're in that like 20 years ago, internet boom, like where Amazon was created. Like there will be some insane things that come out of this. There'll be like new apples that we're talking about in five, 10 years. Just uh, keep your eyes open, pounders, because you can only pound when you figure out what to pound. And with that being said, pounders. You can only pound when you figure out what to pound on. Pounding on the table for my team. Every night I flex. I'm making big moves. That's a big move. Big money, big moves. That's a big move. I'm making big moves. That's a big move. Big money, big moves. That's a big move. Yeah. This one here for all that try to count me out and they still counting. Honestly, I never doubt it. Say the top is never crowded. Well, I'm trying to climb the mountain till I need a few accountants. Stock is rising, perfect timing. I'm in Brickle with the tribe. Shawty sliding, she want sushi, she want eel sauce for the rice. I just peel off with the light, took her heels off for the ride. Don't say real talk, this a lie. I'm a real one, I provide, yeah. Drip on a hundred.